0: Welcome back to the Voices in Japan podcast with Ben and Burke. Uh, Today we're going to talk about working culture in Japan. We're going to talk about how we made it over here as English teachers, and then talk about what we found interesting about working culture based on our experiences in schools and in Japanese companies. If you've been enjoying the podcast, please be sure to share it with your friends and as always, please continue checking us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we put a lot of things on there about our daily lives in Japan. Thanks again for listening to the podcast, and now on to the episode.
1: 1, 2, three.
0: Episode of Voices in Japan. Hope everyone's been uh, enjoying listening to the things that uh, we've been trying to put out there. Today, uh, we're going to get right into talking about working culture in Japan. You came here uh, and started working right away once you got here, yeah? Yeah,
1: I got the job before I came here, so for a language school. Mm -hmm. So like in in England, like the big language school, which we both worked for. um, So they have like recruiting sessions like all over the world like america australia new zealand england canada so they had a big one in london okay so that's where i interviewed then once you get hired then it's like a kind of it's quite a slow process then after about two months or so uh you get offered the job you and then everything's set up for when you come to japan like they they set up your ticket where you're going to work where you're going to live so it's very you know stress-free yeah. So that seems to be one of the easiest ways to to come over to Japan, which is why I went through this company because yeah. I just wanted to get
0: to Japan yeah. in the
1: easiest most stress-free way.
0: Was there uh, anything funny or strange that you remember about the interview process because I remember something very very <laughs> strange.
1: Yeah, yeah, that. so we so the, first there was the big group yeah. uh kind of demo lesson so we all had to prepare a demo skit i would say which was probably about two or three minutes they give you some time to do that yeah Yeah, they give us some time to prepare and then there will be we'd all sit in a circle so maybe 20 or 30 people in this big hall and then yeah one by one we'd have to give like a how we would open with a class for example you know oh good morning girls and boys we're gonna do this like a warm-up game or something like that, but they wouldn't give us any kind of... They wouldn't give us many tips of, like, what we should do.
0: Right, so you didn't know if it was going well or if it wasn't going well. Right, something.
1: they just wanted to see how we were, you know, in terms of, like, confidence in front of strangers.
0: Yeah, did... uh did anyone? So the other people, the the other interviewees, they played the role of students, or did somebody play the role of students? Because that's where something strange <laughs> happened in my interview.
1: No, actually, they yeah they didn't they didn't play the role of students. They were just uh, an, an audience. So they oh, were just uh, really? watching us, oh, and then okay. we were just all watching each other. So we could yeah we weren't using them as, as students or anything. Okay,
0: but we viewed yeah the uh, main interview. I think we did the same thing, where it was kind of like the group thing, and then we had like a one-on-one interview where they uh role played as a private lesson so the uh, interviewer acted like a japanese student and uh he like purposely acted like a really shy like junior high school girl and he came in and he was like walking really slow with like a shy face and he like sat down and if you can imagine this like a grown like 45 year old man trying to act like a really shy like japanese girl and to be honest it was just like completely uncomfortable but uh and i think he was pretty proud of how he was acting too but he was and but i was just trying to like go get through this i was like oh man i got to make a good impression cuz it's like an interview or something but, but this
1: this, this to me too but this was uh, this was the second interview okay so once you get through the first group interview uh-huh. if you pass yeah then the next day you get the one-on-one interview with the trainer oh that might and that's yeah, where they give just, you the okay, yeah. the situation <laughs> and yeah mine was a guy same like in his 30s or 40s and he was pretending to be like a junior high school japanese kid who had like really low level Jap of uh, english yeah. and yeah and it was hard not to like crack up laughing <laughs> but you know be in that situation you gotta obviously try and be professional right and i managed to get through it without laughing you know yeah but yeah that that was
0: that was hard <laughs> Did they send you like a welcome package from the school with like messages from teachers and students? Yeah, and yeah, they
1: did actually. Yeah, they said that was that was kind of nice. Yeah. So, um, like all the, the teachers, the teachers there from the school, and then a big kind of A four A four, A three size card, yeah. I guess, with like all the students' messages, like we're really excited that you're gonna come and yeah. stuff like that. So you felt really welcome yeah exactly you
0: know? well there was uh, the manager of my school was like a uh, young 30 something year old japanese woman pretty attractive and she wrote like you know all the teachers uh, wrote a message like hey we're looking forward to you making it to japan but her message was uh Let's take an alcohol shower. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's an awesome message. And, and, was, and she was the manager.
0: <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, But right next to it, there was a message from the other foreign teacher. And she was like, she doesn't really mean that. She means something else. <laughs> and uh, But I was like, what the heck is going on? All right, this is going to be a good time. But actually, it just meant uh, – and I've actually never heard this since I got here. But the teacher, the other foreign teacher was explaining to me that just meant like, hey, let's go out drinking. Let's have a good time when you get here or something. she just wrote like let's take an alcohol shower i (laughs) don't know what that means but anyways well drinking is a big
1: uh deal in terms of working around like business culture
0: yeah and this kind of gets into it yeah the business culture but there's uh, always like welcome parties right? yeah yeah so So
1: my like when i arrived in japan we arrived in tokyo first then we had like the week training in tokyo but when the training was finished. Literally, we arrived into Sapporo at nine o'clock at the airport. Uh, in the evening, yeah, 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 yeah in the yeah. evening. So straight from training, straight to the airport, and then my school manager was greeting us at the airport. Took us straight to the welcome party. So we're like exhausted. You know, we just we had no time. We're still in our suits from the whole day before, right? And we our luggage is in the car still. He's like, right, we're going to the welcome pie. You're welcome pie. Yeah. So it's me and my coworker, my new coworker. She's exhausted too. And it's like, what? Are we got to do this now. So like, yeah, we got to do this now. And so we arrive probably yeah ten o'clock at the pie, and there's all the students there. Yeah, and it's, it was good because everyone was like so excited to see us. So that kind of gave me the energy. It gave me like a second, a second wind. Yeah, to you know get hyper again. Because I was exhausted before that. Right. And we got through it. It's like two hours, like a 2 hours welcome party. But it was all for us, and we had to like give speeches. Right. And that's kind of one thing where they don't really tell you about is preparing for speeches in Japan. Yeah. Like, I know every time you start a new company, you have to give, like, a... A welcome speech, right?
0: Yeah, you've got to give what they call the aisatsu, uh, the greeting, but then you also pretty much have to do like a quick, uh, jiko shokai, which is a self introduction. And, uh, yeah, nobody really, kn- I think they kind of assume like, oh, this person knows, especially if you've been here for a while, but even if you haven't, they kind of think like, oh, this person knows how they're supposed to introduce themselves, but you don't really know, just like you're saying. Yeah. No, so, I mean,
1: did you, were you prepared for it? Like when they, when you went in,
0: were you prepared for like an introduction? What did you know it was going to happen? No, I don't think I was. I think, I, in fact, I think I was very much like you. I was exhausted. I think the like the last night in Tokyo, we had like a late night for everyone. I was exhausted, and then like uh, yeah, right off the bat, I can't remember if it was at the at the, at the end or the beginning. I think it was at the beginning, yeah, because it was a Jiko show. It was an introduction, so and I was just like yeah but uh i'd kind of studied some japanese off of like some kind of dvd before or cd before i came here so i like said something in english and i just said like a set phrase from that uh, japanese and everyone thought it was like i could speak really good japanese just because i but i just actually just memorized some phrase or something but
1: and even when i guess when you leave a company too it's the same you got to give like a a farewell, a very small farewell speech, right? Like in the in the meeting. So I've had like coworkers that leave and they're not prepared for the the like the leaving speech because it's always in the in the morning meeting. Right. But then just all of a sudden someone will say, Right, so and so's leaving and then calls them up to the front, say something. Yeah. And then they just like they just freeze and they're like, uh thank you <laughs> But yeah, I guess as a Japanese person you're probably more prepared for that.
0: Yeah, well I think uh this whole idea of Aisatsu, the greeting, welcome greeting and farewell greeting and like uh, in like that start and that finish, like the closing or closure to a situation <clears throat> is very, very important. So yeah. They uh, definitely put a big stress on the, uh, you know, self-introduction. And what do you usually say for your self-introduction? Because when I first came here, I used to probably give much longer than what was necessary. But the truth is, like, most people just want to get back to their work. Exactly. I mean, I'm
1: very sure. I'm just like, this is my name. I'm from England. Um, I'm very excited about working here and I look forward to working with you. That's, that's about it.
0: Yeah. And that's, uh, pretty much all they want to hear. In fact, as long as they hear the most important phrase, uh, that's part of that, uh, you know, first introduction, that, uh, like, uh, which basically means like, hey, let's have a great working relationship together or I'm looking forward to working with you or something. That phrase is uh, something very, very important in many aspects of business culture, but uh, especially for that first self-introduction. So what does it mean? Well, it literally, yoroshiku is a, uh adverb form of the word good, which is just yoroshi. And onegai shimasu just means like you're wishing. So literally you're just saying, I'm wishing goodness <laughs> or something. There's,
1: there's no... A, an equivalent in english i don't think really, there right? is yeah
0: so but it's so that, useful yeah well. and you use it in all sorts of situations so in that uh self-introduction at a company it basically means like yeah i hope we have a good working relationship right looking forward to working with you
1: do you think the the farewell one's a bit different like uh, maybe a little bit longer maybe some more heartfelt messages
0: i think it depends on the situation because uh for example if you've only been there temporarily for like a teaching position or like a temporary work position i think people they want to see they want to hear that farewell the good strong farewells to know that you're like a good you have good manners and stuff which is obviously a big part of uh japanese culture but um i don't think they really need it too long but like in my company when we have like people who've been at the company for like their whole life like 40 50 years or something they give like sometimes this like 10 15 minute speech about oh i remember when i joined the company and everyone's like but is is this like in
1: the the meeting or is this like at the farewell party
0: this is their last day of work. So at my company, uh, we have, like, the morning meeting, Chore, <clears throat> and the evening meeting, Shure. Every,
1: every day. day.
0: Every day, with the whole office stands up and listens to, like, uh, the information for that day. And then we break up, and we do it by islands. We do it again for, like, another five minutes or something. But at that time, yeah, they're like, uh, yeah, does anybody else have any announcements today? And they're like, oh, actually, we have a special announcement. So it's such and such is retiring. And at that point, they give, like, this, like, 10, 15 minutes speech. And then at the drinking party, again, they give like another speech, you know? So. Cause
1: I, I, I thought this was just in schools that they have the morning meeting every morning.
0: Oh no, they do it. And it's a big, very big, important part of office life. Yeah. And every company does it differently. But again, I'm currently in a very traditional company and we have a very serious, uh, morning routine where we start out and we do the morning stretches. <laughs> you told I'll me about, about that. that. Yeah. And then we go into the uh, the morning uh, meeting as a whole office, where somebody holds a microphone, stands up there, and actually, my company, everyone gives like takes turns each day. Somebody gives like a speech, like about their life or what's going on in the news or something. This is in the
1: morning meeting.
0: Yeah, every day, someone yeah. different gives a speech about
1: yes. like unrelated to business the job
0: you can relate it to the work and then the older people in the company think you're very good for doing that or you can just talk about like i went and ate chocolates in the park last weekend so so, so obviously
1: you've done this too yeah I'm so what, to think. Think, uh, <laughs> what did you
0: talk about uh, well my last speech was uh let's see it was a couple of weeks ago what did i talk about i talked something related to work well, I've talked about all sorts. i will try to remember what I talked about last time, but I've talked about yoga. <laughs> I've talked about just how the world is changing uh, in terms of business. Gosh, what did I talk about And last how time?
1: long is this uh, little speech supposed to be usually? What's like a standard amount of time?
0: Oh, like people something? want it to be short. So some people do within like 30 seconds. Some people do like five minutes, though. So. Uh, Oh, I remember now. My last one, actually, I was uh, had just gone, or it was right before a business trip overseas. So I was just talking about how this was our goals for going overseas and stuff. But yeah, I've talked about really random stuff. I've talked about like Navy SEALs, how they train, (laughs) uh, you know, and how it's like good, like Navy SEALs, uh, what's it called? Like a 30% rule or something, 40% rule. It's like when you reach your breaking point, uh, you've actually Reached your 40% breaking points. So you still have like 60%. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. So I gave like a speech about that once and stuff. That's so <laughs> random.
1: Is that just this company that you're working at? Or would you say most companies do No,
0: I, I ask uh, other Japanese people, like, I talk about this and I'm like, what? That is so strange. So I think it might be my, but I do think other companies. But anyway, so we have that five minute speech and uh, then they have like the morning announcements and then uh, it finishes and then we have the, you know, like a japanese office the whole office is broken into islands sections yeah yeah and uh it's supposed to build like camaraderie and, and the team spirit and stuff but we do it uh again a, another 5 minute meeting by uh each island and everything talk about like what's going on for that day and everything yeah meetings J- japanese people love meetings but uh yeah in schools too they do the morning
1: yeah we have thing, the morning right? like every school i've worked so we have morning meetings like the desks are in islands then there's the the top brass sitting in the front so they're facing everyone
0: this is in the teacher's room yeah it yeah. is in
1: the teacher's room okay And I think it seems like the layout is the same in businesses too. Is that right?
0: Yeah. I mean, in our company, and I think in most companies, they have like Shachoshitsu, which is like the room for the president. Um, But besides that, everyone else, there's no private offices. Everyone's on the same floor, big open floor. And uh, again, like you're saying, arranged into islands. And then uh, unlike schools where like uh, the – Head Teacher, headmaster yeah,
1: vice principal they kind
0: of sit like you're saying at the front, but in our company, this was the at each island mm-hmm. uh the f- head of the island, like the director sits at the head of the island
1: for each section,
0: yeah, so there's no like uh, one area where all the top brass are sitting, no. and
1: it's all open plan right
0: so it's yeah. open plan, and then yeah. so there's like the
1: main meeting where everyone's involved, and then it breaks down to. Section meeting. Exactly, yeah. Like every morning.
0: Yeah. Do they love meetings in school? Actually, do you have to attend meetings a lot as a foreign Yeah,
1: I, I don't have to attend as many meetings as m- most of the teachers. I have I have an English department meeting once a week, and then there's the big all-teachers-meeting-once-a-month, which everyone has to attend. But apart from that, yeah, I, I don't have to attend any other meetings. It's not too bad, but I've worked at – other schools where i had to go to way more meetings so there was like the, the all teachers mean which is always once a month um, section meeting then there was like a different department meeting or a club meeting which i had to be a part of but i didn't really have to contribute anything i just okay. had to be there be And because my Japanese is not very good a lot of a lot of times I don't understand it you know fifty percent of what's going on, and I'm not required to participate. I just have to be there mm-hmm. so and and I think there's a lot of teachers like that too, so you see a lot of teachers sleeping in meetings <laughs> yeah. That's another, That's a very unique thing about Well,
0: Japan. But Are they really sleeping, though? Because some, some teachers claim that they're just, or not teachers, but people in general just claim that they're closing their eyes thinking. <laughs> yeah. You've know, yeah, never heard could this?
1: Be. They could be. Yeah, actually, they're probably not sleeping, <laughs> but they've definitely got their eyes closed and they're resting. Because if they're sleeping, then they're probably going to be, falling off their chair or whatever
0: which happens too though there are people that are clearly sleeping but there are people who claim that they're just like thinking with their eyes closed and concentrating on what's being said but it's
1: completely acceptable as well yeah yeah, which is a really strange thing i noticed i remember seeing probably yeah there's always usually three or four teachers or three or four staff that have their eyes closed and to me it seems like they're not paying attention they're not listening yeah and it's to me, it comes off as as a bit rude, being from a Western culture,
0: right? Well, I think a Western culture, somebody would call that person out and I've seen people actually called out in our meetings and different companies before. They'll somebody will slam on the desk or something if they notice somebody's like completely out. But just in general, Japanese people love meetings because part of the culture here is to decide things as a group. <clears throat> Excuse me, and go through like a long process of. Uh, Getting everyone's opinion, making sure that everything is completely thought out as much as possible before moving forward with the decision. Yeah, there's
1: a lot of time wasting. It seems like I, I feel like they can do things a lot more efficiently.
0: Oh, they totally could. We actually, I was just reading about one of the major electronics companies in Japan. I can't remember which one, but they just brought in a new uh, executive from overseas who was like uh, received his education at some of the. Big uh, universities in the US, the MBA programs or something. And the first thing he did was uh, he did away with meetings. And uh, he was just like, right. this is ridiculous. Yeah, and he me. said, uh, well, actually, the very first thing he did is he went into a meeting and he sat down and they're like, uh, what are you doing? And they're, you know, trying to be polite, asking him what he, he was like, I'm sitting down. And they're like, uh, you, you don't sit there, you sit over here. You know, because it's very decided where everyone sits in the meeting, and the and the top people have to sit in a certain place. And he was like, "This is ridiculous, Are you serious?" And he went and he sat down. So some of the first things. He's Japanese. He's a Japanese guy, but he had gone overseas for his uh, higher education, basically. And uh, I think he's he hasn't even been there a year yet, so people are still saying the jury is out on whether this This is going to be successful or not i play that foreign card quite often and i'll just like not quite often but i'll play it and i'll just like walk out of the room and uh, go start doing work and sometimes they're just like i haven't been questioned about it sometimes but some i mean too often but sometimes get questioned i'm just like oh we had to stay in the you know that foreign card comes in handy a lot you know you can basically what i mean is like you can kind of act non-japanese and people just like oh Oh, all the time yeah
1: Yeah. i i use that all the time yeah and and pretend i don't understand a lot and they kind of they kind of let it go as well yeah they like it just seems like they see the non-japanese as like a different section almost you know we get
0: we get special treatment yeah well i think some people are like for this type of thing and many things some japanese people like oh this person just doesn't understand they're not a japanese they don't know how to behave or how to act or what's proper and then on the flip side it other Japanese people are like, oh, we wish we were you because we could just get out of things, you know? Like- yeah,
1: we. I think it's in the schools I worked at, the non-native Japanese people have had it so much easier. Yeah. Like, in terms of working overtime, we don't have to work overtime. So I've left work like on the dot every time. But everyone else seems to work overtime. And I always wonder, like, why are they what are they doing? Because I managed to finish all my work. So why can't they? Um, but I think it's not like they have work to do. It's just about being there. Uh, they have to maybe leave after the their boss left.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that FaceTime, uh, being there until your boss leaves is a big thing. And on top of that, like... It just affects uh, efficiency because some people are like, oh, I'm going to be working overtime anyway today, so I just won't work, get my things done as quickly as like someone like you may be thinking, like, oh, I got to do it really, you know, just get it finished. You know?
1: Well, and the, and the thing is, it's like overtime's not paid, like a lot of times in uh, in schools anyway.
0: Well, yeah, and uh, in businesses too. I was reading some crazy statistic. It was saying like. I might be misquoting it was like 30 only 35% of companies or something were paying overtime but that's why actually right now the government has uh introduced these have you heard about these these uh work reform measures started from last year I think it's called uh kaikaku
1: well, maybe like people have to leave at a certain, like at a certain time.
0: Yeah. It includes, it includes all of those things like, uh, reducing overtime, increasing efficiency, making sure people take their vacation days. And I kind of want to talk about all of these, but, uh, yeah, the, uh, reducing overtime, like, and <laughs> it's just funny to read the news about it because they're talking about in some companies, like, uh, on the computer screen at like 7 PM, like the, uh, president's face will appear and like there'll be a message like oh you need to go home you need to go home or like other <laughs> companies are talking about they have like drones fly around to like tell people it's like time it, to isn't this around. isn't that by law it's like a law right that they have to finish a certain time well i think with this new law i mean I, it depends on each company and it depends on how much like the government can actually enforce it at each company as well too but yeah I mean cuz they have this huge problem obviously with karoshi or uh death by overtime or overwork death by overwork karoshi yeah, karoshi yeah. and uh there's been a huge a uh, couple big uh high profile cases in the past few years like the young 24-year-old woman who like j- uh jumped to her death at dens densu. i think it's uh was
1: that 2 years ago or last I think year or it was something? 2 years ago yeah and what she was—I heard she was working like over a hundred hours a week. Even though she, you know, they were saying how much overtime she was working, there were people that were working more than her, like more senior people. Yeah. And the only reason why she made the news was because she was young, I think, a fresh uni graduate. Yeah. And and she committed suicide. Yeah. And so that that was the main thing. And maybe that's when the laws came in, the change of laws. Yeah. But I heard that even though that law came in it hasn't changed the working culture no. even that company still yeah. there are people there working the same like doing 100 hours
0: well i've heard uh, yeah many companies like they made a big deal about it when it was this policy was first introduced as hatarakikata kaikaku which literally means hatarakikata is working style and kaikaku is reform and uh yeah there's a lot of companies that like made a big deal about it when it came but Even like a year and a half, two years later, it's like kind of dying off already. But one very interesting thing is like, and I kind of want to ask you too, is being a foreigner in Japan. But vacation days, there's a law being introduced from April 1st. And uh, companies are required to make sure that their employees use five of their paid vacation days during the year. At least five. At least five. Least, how how
1: many how many do you get
0: well how many do you, I think it's pretty standard 10. for most people they get twenty days and like ten or sick days and ten or vacation days or something like 20 that.
1: twenty days paid holidays plus, plus, a year. well like ten sick days
0: plus the uh no it's well, it's ten paid holidays yeah and ten six sick, day, sick days plus the national holidays plus the yeah the national holidays, but like nobody takes these days, yeah.
1: Yeah, like they never take them all, right? But by no. law, they have to.
0: From April 1st, yeah. From April 1st, yeah. I've kind of been, some, for some reason, influenced by this. I've barely taken a lot of my vacation days at any of my companies. Like, I think... Even Is that, that
1: because you have too much work to do, or you just... It's difficult. Yeah,
0: it's difficult to take the vacation days. Well, and I'm kind of a higher position in my company, which plays into it as well. Like the younger people in my company or other companies are using them a lot more uh, freely, freely than they may have uh, many years ago. But uh, I think, like for example, last year I probably used like one or two uh, vacation days, and both times it was like because I was sick and had to just stay home
1: only two vacation days yeah in a whole year
0: yeah and it was i don't even know i was like this i was probably like uh even when i was teaching like i barely ever used them and i think it was because i was maybe trying to show people back then that i wanted to be like very japanese or something but even when i was teaching like yeah i never took vacation uh unless it was like everyone was taking vacation and stuff but this new law thank goodness i'm going to be able to start taking the vacation days and everyone will be do you usually use your vacation days?
1: i you i always use my vacation days yeah, yeah. my holiday days so i i'm one of or not one of but like the the non-japanese teachers were the only ones that actually use all of our holiday time right but the the other japanese teachers yeah they're, they're the same they, maybe they'll use like five days a year and they have loads because they roll over to i think up to a maximum of 40 days right. a year yeah and i think I, all of the japanese teachers always have 40 days a year
0: yeah because, because they well, just can't use them yeah well a lot of people they use them when they retire <laughs> or <before laughs> when they quit so like right before they retire they'll get like an extra month they'll just retire early basically or they'll you know if you're uh quitting your job which barely ever happens we'll talk about that too but uh, you'll use those days, uh, before your actual official quitting day. And it was, I was even talking to my mom who is Japanese, but, you know, she basically lived in the U.S. for most of her adult life. So she's kind of Western mentality. And she was just like, I was just talking to her about this actually yesterday. And she was like, well, in, in the U.S., uh, obviously people, they use their vacation days because they're going to lose them, you know, and, uh, maybe they'll carry over, maybe they won't. But in Japan, you can't even imagine people having that mentality of like, oh, I've got, uh, it's coming up to the end of the year, and I've got like five vacation days that i got to use, so I'm just going to start using them. Like, j- people just won't do that. This would not do Yeah, that. I
1: don't think they just think differently, maybe, when it comes to work. They don't really seem to think about um, having time off and going on holidays. I mean, even when they go on holiday, they, a week is considered the maximum they can go away on holiday for yeah any longer than that and it's it's frowned upon
0: well it's difficult to find the period when you can do that and i've basically hardly ever heard of a japanese person working in the company just taking like a random week uh to go on a uh vacation or holiday or whatever right so it'd be
1: during like a holiday period like in uh Maybe like what New Year, yeah, or
0: Golden Week, Golden Week, or Obon.
1: Yeah, not just some random week in the year, but no. like, you know, in in Western countries or in England anyway, we just take holidays whenever we want to, and right. usually it's like about a two week holiday. Yeah, and minimum is kind of two weeks.
0: When you have something going on, or you want to plan like a family vacation, yeah, uh, yeah exactly. to go somewhere or something, yeah.
1: But actually, I, I found this on uh, on the internet. Yep. forbes uh march two thousand and eighteen the u s is the most overworked country in the developed world yeah yeah I was kind of surprised to hear that, but well, um I've heard of people in or Americans working a lot
0: yeah well, this is a good point to bring up because yeah uh whenever we talk about like work like crazy in japan um you know, and I just think of my brothers and sisters in the US that are working. They work like basically the whole time they're awake, but they can leave the office at like four in the afternoon or they can work from home. but you know, at night, after you know they eat dinner, they're still back on their computer and working sending emails and doing this that and the other. So not, they're not doing so much overtime. Well, that's the thing. They are working a lot of overtime, but they're not sitting in an office. That's an interesting point because in japan you're not really too often allowed to take work outside of the company i don't know sometimes it's for security reasons or sometimes i think it's just the more of the traditional mentality but so that's why people are stuck in the office uh and in these extreme cases doing overtime work to like 10 p.m or 12 a.m but there's they have to stay in the office and keep working whereas yeah in the u.s people work Really hard and work like crazy, but they take their work home with them.
1: What about in terms of uh, taking personal holidays in America? Because I heard too, they're one of the most country or one of the countries that uses the least amount of their holidays too, oh, because really? they're working so much.
0: Okay, yeah. Uh, to be honest, I I'm probably not even qualified to speak about how it is in the U.S. because I haven't been there for so long, but. Uh, I mean, when I'm, I have friends who come visit uh, from the U.S. or when they go overseas, uh, it seems like most of the people I know are taking their vacations, uh, except for like doctors and stuff who are very overworked, but they're taking their work with them, and they're doing work even no matter where they go, you know. So they're still sending emails or jumping on conference calls and doing this. And unless you're a very uh, certain privileged person in a Japanese company or you're in one of these more modern Japanese companies that kind of believes in this telecommuting, what's it's called, telecommuting or whatever, uh, kind of working uh, away from the office via email or conference calls or Skype or whatever. Like, uh, yeah, you've got to be in the office present, and so you don't really have this option.
1: How about yourself? Like, do you work outside of your company, like at home? Or when you're traveling, no, we're you're not doing answering emails. No, we're, like
0: we're not allowed to take uh, company documents or computers. So that's kind of good.
1: It's like once you've left the company, you can really switch off. Yeah, I guess. Yeah.
0: And actually, there's some people in our company who really like that. that like when they're away from the office, uh, they're not supposed to be doing work. But uh, actually, my industry, you know, it's a sales company. So when they get calls from, Customers or something, even if it's on vacation or outside of work, they still feel like they have to respond to it. And we went through this huge thing where we had to like explain and put all these announcements out for like a year or something that, uh, please don't contact, uh, the workers like on the weekends on Sundays or something because they're not supposed to be working. And it took a long time and it's still like not all customers believe it, but my company, like, uh, it's actually gotten really good uh about overtime work like uh me personally i'm usually in the office from eight to seven sometimes eight to eight but pretty regularly eight to seven with the hour uh lunch break uh so that's not too bad it's probably more than the average uh american but i think most managers in the u.s are working probably that much and plus they're probably taking work home with yeah because now in
1: so. england like a lot of people are taking work home you know, yeah like especially if they're in like senior positions like, yeah. they, like you said they leave early yeah probably like five six o'clock get home but then in the evening after they've kind of finished dinner and hanging out with the family they're like on the computer answering emails stuff like that but yeah i think maybe maybe the balance is kind of good i mean do you think it's better to not take work home because at least you can
0: get no, away from it no personally i would like to be able to take work home because you know there's some things i would like to get to uh in the evening such as jujitsu training and stuff and i wouldn't mind like doing work again at home later actually my wife she does a lot of work at home and i wouldn't mind doing that as long as i could leave when i wanted to leave or come in when i wanted to come in but a lot of this comes back to like this face-to-facing people feel like they need you to be face-to-face, to to have, like, an effective conversation or meeting or something, you know? I'm just like, it doesn't need to be that way. Yeah,
1: emailing. I mean, emailing is so effective. Well, that's that's another thing. Like, in the schools I've worked at, they don't use emails, like, to communicate. Like, not... I don't know if in your company, like, everyone has a, a computer, but in England, everyone has their own computer, their own personal email address, and that seems to be the way that they communicate. So they don't have to have all these meetings all the time. Just yeah. solve the problem by emailing. And then if they can't solve that, then maybe have a meeting.
0: Yeah. Actually, when I was working in a large video game company in Japan, uh, they a lot of people, uh, I don't know actually if they were allowed to or not, but uh, people took their computers home and they did a lot of work at home. And everyone in that company had a personal email address. But I know in a lot of Japanese companies, people do not have... Uh, personal email addresses uh, they're not allowed to and yeah stuff. that's weird why, why is that
1: why do they not allow to have personal email addresses I think addresses? it all
0: comes back to the security thing they just think things are going to get leaked or stolen or hacked. hacked and stuff Yeah, I mean
1: they still use fax machines out here
0: yeah some people some companies do yeah, yeah. our
1: school uses fax machines it's crazy <laughs> yeah
0: yeah. They, I mean they just feel like it's so secure something. I mean, and I'm just always like who do you think is trying to steal the hack in and get this information <laughs> nobody cares man like I mean, I don't know, maybe they do, but uh, I just think it's... A maybe a bit, rival, rival company. Yeah, that whole mentality of like security and stuff, it's taken to the extreme, but actually it, it prevents a lot of stuff, so it's kind of hard to say which is better, which is worse. But um, a couple other big differences uh, on my mind. Uh, lifetime work in the company. This yeah. is starting to change in recent uh, years. Like That's decreasing, right? Lifetime work. Lifetime employment. Because of
1: the... The economy shrinking.
0: Yeah, but it's, and a lot of young, younger people these days are changing jobs more frequently. In fact, they said like, uh, the percentage of like young people who quit their first job after three years has like jumped significantly in, in recent years. And I think that's really good. Um, but these people who have been in the company for like 10, 15, 20 years or longer than that, uh, maybe not 10 years, but like 15, 20 or longer. They, this kind of makes them feel uncomfortable because they still have that mentality of like, if they quit, they can't find another job. So they're just stuck with the company. And in my opinion, that this is probably the worst uh, system in the world to have lifetime or This is my personal opinion, but I think it like when you have people getting fired or jumping jobs, people really focus on producing results. But when you're like, think you're going to have lifetime employment in this one company then your pro- productivity can go up and down and nothing will really change too much. Because I mean,
1: you, you don't have to worry about your job. Yeah, you don't have
0: to worry right, about your, no, your job. There's no pressure.
1: Yeah. You're going to get that, that standard pay every month. Exactly. The, the pay rises all the time, the bonuses. Now they're trying to avoid giving tenured contracts to people, especially like in universities.
0: Do you know if that's to uh, gain anything specific from the workers or what the reason is? or?
1: Uh, I think... Well, the, a new law came in where after five years of being a, a contract worker, they have to make you tenured. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why they changed it. Why they made it five years that they have to do that? Maybe because um, the teachers were not getting paid enough. So on the five years, they're on a on less pay, and then once they become tenured, they get more money, more job security. So I think that was the reason why they were doing it. But it Kinda didn't work that way because then the schools were basically just getting rid of those teachers after five years, right? Because they would then they ha, wouldn't have to pay them as much money. Yeah, so they just get a new teacher in every five years, get a new teacher, and and that way they can save money. Yeah, and especially for universities, a lot of universities are not getting as many students every year as they were before because of the shrinking population. Yeah, so they would prefer not to take tenured people. Right. And once, yeah, like you said, once you're tenured, they can't get rid of you. Right. So you can get lazy, and you could be not a great teacher, not producing good results, but they still have to keep giving you more money every year. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that
0: system's changing now. Uh, the place where you've uh, worked at, how strict are they about, like, uh, appearance and, uh, and uh, like, for teachers, like, because uh, you know, for example, women in Japan, a lot of women uh, get their hair colored and stuff. Um, you know, stuff like that. A lot it seems for the women. to be a
1: lot more
0: strict for women
1: than men. But men, shirt, shirt and tie, usually a suit. But this was this was like one company I worked at. Other companies are a bit more relaxed now. So yeah, a bit more kind of uh, casual, cool biz where you don't have to wear a tie.
0: Cool Biz, yeah, this is kind of something unique to Japan, probably. Or, I mean, I'm sure the concept is in other countries as well, but what is Cool Biz exactly?
1: Cool Biz is, so when, is it either spring or summer, just before?
0: Usually starts, I think, from June, well, at least uh, in Sapporo. Actually, maybe in Tokyo as well, but June. Yeah,
1: to- so you don't have to wear a, a tie because they, they want to save energy. So, because if you wear obviously wear a tie, you're you're hotter, so less efficient. And well, in Hokkaido, it's different because it's colder. So, cool biz. There's like a cool biz season.
0: Yeah. Usually. Well, I think it's uh, I think it's usually actually the same for Tokyo and Hokkaido. Well, I mean, it depends on the company. Each company has set it, but the official, like the government employees and stuff, I think they all do cool biz. And uh, from the beginning of June till the end of September.
1: And then you save, they save energy, right? Because then they don't have to put the aircon on as high. But because. I mean, that's
0: the uh That's the, the theory. Say, <laughs> but yeah, that's theory. And plus, like all of these suit companies just banking off marketing cool biz clothing and stuff. Like, and it's actually, I mean, it ranges from everything from like all oh, this material, like, uh, you don't, it doesn't get sweaty as much or, you know, it breathes much better. Uh, like yeah, the breathable collars, shirts. Yeah. Yeah. I think a little, some of it might just be a marketing ploy or something. But, uh, yeah, in, uh, one thing that's kind of interesting that happens is uh, new recruits, just with us going back to the whole like appearance, what's okay and what's not, like new recruits uh, when they're graduating either high school or, or university and they're going into that recruiting season, like all the girls who would normally have like very dyed hair, especially younger women in Japan or younger girls, tend to go a little bit more extreme with their hair coloring much lighter. You know, they kind of all go into that uh, recruiting uh, period where they'll darken their hair black again until they get into a company and then they'll keep it like black for the first like a few months or even year. So it's kind of funny. Like uh, when all the new recruits join our company uh, you know, there might be like 20 or something and depending on the company, but they all come in at the same time in the spring, beginning of April and, like, all the young women have, like, black hair again. You know. And they have the
1: same style hair as well, where it's, like, the fringe is kind of brushed to the side. Yeah. <laughs> there's that style. And they all wear the same color suit. Yeah. Same shoes. And it's, it's the men, the men, too. Yeah,
0: very, very standard. So they
1: all look exactly the same. There's no individuality. No. Like, back in England, you know, when you wear suits and stuff for work, everyone looks different. Right. A little bit different, right? Well, you want
0: to show a little bit of flavor, or your own personality, you know, a little bit. But here, yeah, like the more uniform you are, like probably the more majime, like the more serious you're taken, the better impression you give for being like a majime person or a serious person. So
1: that must be so hard because no one stands out in terms of appearance-wise. So, But maybe they're relying on their skills, their, their resume, the CV. So they're probably focusing more on that, like recruiters, because... Yeah when they're seeing all these people they they look kind of exactly the same
0: Yeah but even part of that whole recruiting process is like or the evaluation is like if this person looks very standardized they're like okay they understand what's up you know they can be a very good japanese worker and they know uh,
1: the social rules or yeah. the, the etiquette Right.
0: Yeah, but actually now, you know, because the labor force is shrinking so much in recent years, like a lot of people, I mean, the people, the young people still want to leave a good impression. So they're definitely still cleaning up or or uh, putting on that special appearance. But a lot of companies are just starting to take whatever they can get because it's so hard to uh, recruit. Uh, young uh, people now. But anyways, going back to the appearance thing, like after, yeah, a little bit of time, like the girl's hair will start to lighten again, and they'll kind of, after a couple of years at least, they'll get back to who they used to be in terms of their hair color. Uh, So actually, this is, uh kind of been already a pretty long recording, and man, there's a lot more other things that I wanted to get into. Like I wanted to get into uh, actually doing business in Japan, like interaction between companies uh, uh how they uh, visit each other and all the little uh, formalities that go into that as well uh wanted to talk about just uh hanging out with co-workers in japan what's that like and drinking cultures you know you were kind of mentioning yeah stuff, so. maybe we could do a do a
1: part two then at some point
0: yeah i think we should uh definitely because i think a lot of people are, would be interested in hearing more about that but uh Yeah, it's been a good one, and uh, we'll see everyone again next time. Thanks. Thank you.